everyone. I am so glad you decided to take a moment and listen to the Learning to Sit Still podcast because today is going to be a special episode. Christmas Day marks the one year anniversary of the podcast. I can't believe that this podcast is almost a year old. I am truly grateful for this past year and all of the amazing people I have met along the way. Be sure to listen to the end of the podcast as I will be doing a special giveaway to mark the special occasion. As I look back over this year, I can see many blessings that my God has graciously given to me. I have grown and taken steps I never thought I would. This time last year, if you would have told me I was starting a magazine, I would have thought you were just a little crazy. But here I am in the middle of preparing the third edition. I have learned more about my God and his amazing goodness love and care over me. This has been a year of surprise and disappointment in many ways, but it has also been a year of opportunity. Often it is in the darkest moments that God shows himself strong, those moments where everything seems chaotic and turned upside down. And that's pretty much a good description of the year of 2020. But this is the time where it is vital for us to sit still because it is in the quiet place that we learn more about our God. Since this is a special anniversary episode, I wanted to go back to the main purpose of this podcast, which is to help us take a step back so that we can pause and look up. I want to explore the topic again of sitting still, but this time going through the few times it is mentioned in scripture. Did you know that the word or phrase still used in the context of stilling ourselves is only used about six times in the Bible? I would like to go through these six verses by breaking them into two categories, being still with our soul so that we can know God and being still in a moment of crisis. I would, however, like us to first understand what the word still means and what does it mean for us to be still. The dictionary defines it this way, remaining in place or at rest, motionless, stationary as in to stand still, or free from sound or noise, as a place or persons, silent, as in to keep still about a matter. So in essence, to be still simply means to stop. Now, this may seem like the obvious answer, but let's take a moment to think about this. How often do we stop? We are in a society where it is go, go, go. A microwave society, we want it now, we want it in a few minutes. We go to a fast food restaurant and we expect to have our our food really in a couple of minutes and we get irritable if it takes three to five or six minutes. And let's be honest, how many times have you been in the drive-thru and you get irritated because you've been in there for maybe five to six minutes? That's the society. When we get up in the morning, most of us check our phones right away. We check our email and take a quick browse through social media. Then we run around getting ready to head out the door to work or begin our to-do list. As our day comes to a close, we eat dinner, check in with the family, watch something maybe on TV, or do a few things around the house then go to bed. If we are honest, we will admit that we are in a constant state of doing, running, and going, but never are we still. We are rarely stationary, free from noise, or in a place of silence. But as you will see in these next few verses, that to be still is an essential piece to our growth in the Lord. I would ask you that you keep the definition of the word still in your mind as we talk about these six passages of scripture. Now remember, I broke them into two categories, being still with our soul so we can know God, and then being still in a moment of crisis. Let's talk about the first one, being still with our own soul. And we're going to begin with 
Psalms 4, verse 4, which says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. The word still means to keep silence or be still. So when we commune with our heart, it is essential for us to be silent, to still ourselves, meaning step away from the noise and distractions and say nothing. Now I know that's really hard to do. And I think some of it comes because we're afraid of what we will hear. When we take the time to pause, to stop running around and still our hearts, we come face to face with what we are and we don't want to. Someone said that silence is deafening and I think sometimes that's what we are trying to avoid because it's easier to stay busy with things, even good things, but we're avoiding the need our soul has, what our soul was created to do. We were created to have a relationship with God and when we take the time to pause, to be still, so that we can communicate with our soul, we have taken the first step toward change, toward knowing our God on a deeper level because God wants to speak with us. He wants to mold us into his image, but he can only do that when we give our attention to him and be honest about the condition of our heart. And that requires us to stop what we are doing and take inventory on what's inside. Can I encourage you to take that moment to just still yourself Be honest with yourself and open your heart to God and ask him, I'm ready for change. Help me to know your will and to know what I need to do in order to be more like you. Now, the second verse is one that is very familiar to most of us and probably the one that comes to mind when the word still is mentioned. And that is Psalms 46, 10, which says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. This points back to the principle of stopping what we are doing in order to know God. In fact, I believe it is key to knowing God. If we clutter our minds with the things of the world, how can we expect to be ready to learn about our God? We need to simply stop, to get alone in a place that is quiet, free from distractions, because it is here that we are finally able to hear his voice. It is essential that we know God Because as we deepen our knowledge of him, he will be able to help us let go of our fears, our worries, and to trust him with our todays. We get consumed about tomorrow, but God tells us to think about today. And as we walk with him, he will help us with our today. But we cannot know him until we take the time to be still because it takes an effort on our part. I know for a fact That being still does not happen by accident. It requires planning. It requires us to say no to certain things, to clear our minds so that we're ready to know our God, to let him speak to us in silence. I would encourage you to read a book I came across many years ago entitled A Place of Quiet Rest, Finding Intimacy with God Through a Daily Devotional Life by Nancy Lee DeMoss. She talks about clearing our hearts and preparing for our time with the Lord. I remember the first thing that caught my attention in her book was beginning your quiet time. She said, you need to not go on social media, do certain things, watch the news or read the newspaper, but before you have your quiet time, that was such um, an interesting thing for me to hear because I hadn't really thought about most of us. Like I said, we check our phones. Our phones are really the first thing we go to in the morning or we'll grab that newspaper or we'll watch, we'll turn on the TV right away and then we go have our quiet time, but it really should be the other way around. 
trust me, I am just as guilty. My phone, I do a lot of work on my phone, so it's usually the first thing I check, and it's a hard habit to break, but it is essential to knowing God, and she says you must clear your mind, and if you go to God and, and want your quiet time, but you've already cluttered your mind with the principles or the, the things that are going on in your life, that creates a problem. It creates an unrest. It, it makes it difficult to be still because your mind's already starting to spin. So she talks about clearing our hearts and preparing for our time with the Lord. And it, like I said, it was convicting, but it was helpful. And I recommend her book. It was a great book because it just was an encouragement to my heart that I need to make time for the Lord and give him the first portion of my day. He is worthy of my whole attention. And I want you to think about what a privilege it is that we can come to him, that we have been invited to know him. Our God does not want to remain a distant figure. He wants us to know him on an intimate level. Think about that. That is incredible. The God of the universe takes time to know me. He invites me into his presence to know him. But I cannot do this unless I am still. So can I just encourage you to take the time to quiet your heart, to be still before the Lord so that you can know him more. Now I want to transition into our second category, which is being still in a moment of crisis. The first verse in this section is found in Job 37, 14, where a young man by the name of Elihu speaks to Job about who God is and his impeccable character. At one point, this is what he tells Job to do. In this, in this verse, hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Now, we would all agree that Job is going through a very difficult situation. He has lost everything, including his health. And now he has three friends who have spent endless chapters telling him that he must have done something terrible to deserve all that he has received. After Job and his friends go back and forth, Elihu comes forward and tells Job to stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. It was vital for Job to stand still, to be silent and consider the works of his God. Even though he was in a moment of enduring crisis, I would say, I guess it's not like a, a critical moment at this point, but he has undergone an immense amount of stress. Elihu tells him, stand still, Job, consider the wondrous works of God. The word consider can mean to understand, to think, to regard. So basically Elihu is asking Job to be silent and to think, to regard, to understand the wondrous works of God in moments of pain, grief, chaos, and sorrow when things don't make sense, which is often it is easy to forget what God has done or even to forget who he is. It is in these moments that we need to stop, to stand still, and to consider, to think of who our God is, to regard all that he has done. It does not mean that the pain goes away, but we can have peace because we will remember that he is a good God who is always loving and kind. Nothing he does is ever meant to hurt us. It is simply to refine us as Job would learn when God spoke to him. Can I encourage you to take just a moment to stand still and consider the wondrous works of your God? These next two verses have a similar situation, so I wanted to put them together. The first one is found in Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. 
And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the second section of verses is found in Second Chronicles 20, verses 16 through 18. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Both of these passages share similarities. In both, the people are in a difficult situation. Their backs are pretty much up against a wall and they're afraid. In Exodus, the people are trapped between the water and the Egyptian army. There seems to be no way out and they are in a state of panic, but not Moses. He commands the people to fear not, but stand still. In Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat also is in a bad predicament. He is being attacked by the children of Moab and Ammon, and he was afraid. In his fears, he turns to God and cries out for help. He directs a host of questions to God saying, aren't you the God who rules over the, the heathen who is the God of heaven? Are not power and might yours? And so many more statements. But if you notice, these questions are grounded in a knowledge of who God is, which points back to our verse on knowing God. This is why it is important to know God. Jehoshaphat could ask these questions because he knew who God was. He understood the character of God and he pours out his fear to God. After this, there is a man who the Spirit of God spoke through the words we read earlier. Notice that it is very similar to what Moses said, Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. In both moments of crisis, the people were told to stand still, which is the direct opposite of panic and chaos. In moments of terror, our natural reaction is to allow our emotions to rule. We want to, we feel that in some ways, if we can move forward or if we can at least move, even if we're not getting really anywhere, we're doing something. It's better than just standing still, but that's not what God asks us to do. He asks us to stand still, to be still, to remember who he is and watch him work, to see his salvation. Sometimes it takes more courage to stand still than to do. But when the people did this, they witnessed a miracle. They witnessed God working on their behalf. And I think of the many times I let my emotions run wild in moments of crisis and fear in my own life. It was draining and it left me so weary. I was exhausted and completely filled with anxiety to the point where I couldn't even think clearly. I was just so consumed with this anxiety it had control over me. But I remember a few times I stood still, turned my eyes to God and rested in the knowledge of who he is. And it made a world of difference. There was a peace, a calm, and he did intervene. Maybe not the exact moment I would have wanted or in the way I expected, but he did work for me because he loves me. And I want us to remember that truth, to stand still, to look up to our loving Savior who will always do what is best for us. If we just wait, we stand still and let him work his plan. The final verse in this section, of course, is found in Ruth 3.18. 
which of most of us probably know by now since I say it often, but the verse goes, Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall, for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Like I said, I know we have talked about this verse numerous times, so I won't spend too much time on it, but I just want to remind us about the context of this verse because I think that's where the power of it comes. Ruth has just come home from an eventful night. You know, Naomi has schemed and planned this whole thing out, and it went according to her plan except for the big kink, which is now. Another man was eligible before Boaz, one who probably wouldn't care deeply about Ruth, as Boaz did, these two women had to spend the next few hours sitting in limbo about their future. Really, this is this would determine their future, especially Ruth's. And while many of us would have wrung our hands with anxiety, Naomi utters these first really words of wisdom that she said so far. Sit still, my daughter. I want to take this moment to remind us that we are daughters of the King of Kings, the one who loves us beyond measure and only wants what is best for us. He will never be in rest until he finishes his plan in us. And we can sit still, even in those morning hours that seem so full of uncertainty, because we know the one who made the morning. This is our God, and we are his daughters. We just need to learn to sit still. Now, before we end today's episode, I want to mention a bonus verse that I found in Isaiah chapter 7. Let me read the context of the verse to you. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shaharajab thy son, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the fuller's field. And say unto him, Take heed, and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted for the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Rezin with Syria, and of the son of Ramalia. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, Let us go up against Judah and vex it, and let us make a breach therein for us, and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabil. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Now did you catch that phrase? It is found in verse 4, when the Lord said unto Isaiah, Be quiet. This word quiet means to be still, to settle. Again, in a moment of fear, God comes to the king who has been threatened by nearby enemies and tells him to be still and fear not. My friends, our God does not want us to live in fear or be anxious. He wants us to know him so that we can grow our faith, a faith that enables us to stand still, to be still and know that he is God. And that is a wrap for this episode and for the first year of the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing to you over the course of this year. My desire for starting this podcast was to be an encouragement to you and help you grow in your walk with the Lord as his daughters. Now, if you remember at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned I wanted to do a little something special for my audience. Well, I am going to give away a free digital copy of the first two editions of the magazine. That's right. All you have to do to enter is leave a review on whatever platform you are on and leave me a quick note via my website or social media to let me know you did and I will put your name in the drawing. So if you're listening to this in real time, December 23rd, this contest will go until December 31st, the end of the year, and the winner will be announced via social media on January 1st. Great way to start off our new year, don't you think? 
And I do want to say a special thank you to all of my listeners. This has been truly an incredible journey, one I never pictured I would go on, but it has been amazing to see God work and use this little podcast in so many ways. I am excited to see where the next year will go, but I am confident in my Heavenly Father and I am glad that I only need sit still. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and Merry Christmas. Thank you.